You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. You Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers. Welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And today's episode is a little bit different. Yesterday, well, I should say Sunday on Mother's Day, I had the opportunity to preach or team tag preach a sermon with my mom at our church. And a lot of you sent me DMs when I was talking about it, asking if the service was going to be recorded. And it was. So this week's episode is from Mother's Day, and it's entitled Leaving a Legacy. My mom and I talk the importance of making sure you're leaving a legacy. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Talk soon. As you know, this morning, we're talking about leaving a legacy. So before I get started with what God has given me, let me just look to the Father in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I worship you and I honor you. I praise you because you are the King of Kings and Lord of Lord, Father. I ask that right now you take away Shantae. You fill me up with you. Fill me up with the words that you would have me to say. Fill me up so that I can speak this message that you have given me to your people, God. I pray that you go before and prepare our hearts and our minds to receive from you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So today we are talking about legacy. And as a lawyer, the first thing I like to do before I get started is research. That is something that I have been now trained to do. So I wanted to know what does the word legacy mean? So I went to the dictionary, of course, and I found from dictionary.com that legacy is a gift of property, especially personal property as money by will or bequest, or anything that is handed down from the past as from an ancestor or a predecessor. So legacy focuses on what will endure, what will stand the test of time. It is about passing on things of lasting value to those who will live long after we do. Legacy involves living intentionally and aiming to build into the next generation for their success. So I said to myself, you know what? That I got legacy, but what is an inheritance? Let me see if there is a difference. So I went to the good old dictionary again, and inheritance came up as something that is or may be inherited like property passing from the owner's death. It's the genetic characteristics transmitted from parents to offspring or something like quality, characteristic, or other immaterial possessions uh, received from somebody else. It's your portion. It's your birthright. It's your heritage. So I said, wow, my portion, my birthright, my heritage. Proverbs 13, 22 says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. 
And when we usually talk about this scripture, we tend to think about financial inheritance, financial legacy. But that's not what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to talk about the type of inheritance that is most important, the character that you're passing down, the the know-how that you're passing down, things like integrity or trustworthiness, leadership skills, godliness, faithfulness, being kingdom-minded, being loving. What are you passing down? What are you leaving as a legacy in this earth? If we can combine leaving a financial inheritance with godly characteristics, we will ensure that the generations that come after us will manage life God's way. God's glory will continue long after we are here if we leave the right type of inheritance. So again, the question becomes, what type of inheritance are you leaving? What type of legacy are you leaving? And are you living a life that your children and your community can model, can copy, can mimic? Are you leaving something that will last? You will be surprised at the things that we pick up as children simply by watching you. And I said it before in my segment with Dr. Althea that I picked up worship and praising the Lord on the way to work from my mom just by simply watching her. But what else have I picked up just barely by osmosis, by being next to her, by being next to my parents? It is important for us to make sure that we are intentional about everything that we do, because we don't know what type of legacy we're leaving or what type of imprint we are having on the next person. I think the top things, some of the top things that I have learned from my mom is being an excellent leader and the importance of having a relationship with God and walking with God and trusting God and her work ethic I have picked up whether I want it to or not. I have picked up her diligent work ethic and I thank God about that. And that is something that she can say the next generation will say about her. That's a legacy that she's leaving. So what will your actions tell someone about God as well. So it's not just about the characteristics that you are leaving for your your child, for your child to learn, but what is it that they will then know from how you behaved, from how you act, that you were a child of God? That is the most important thing. We want to be walking emblems for Jesus Christ. So have you just been simply existing? Or have you been bringing forth fruit? I want you to remember that every decision you make is either breaking a generational curse or perpetuating a generational curse. And you need to create fruit that will last, fruit that will remain. Legacy is something that is passed down. It's your mark. It's your footprint on this earth, your contribution to the world. You can do something today that can impact people for generations to come. And no matter what age you are, you are creating a legacy. And legacy is powerful because you have the ability to do something right now that will make a difference 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 100 years from now. 
You have the power to do something that will last. You should be able to be to look back over your life and think to yourself, wow, I've made a difference. I've taught something. I've passed on something that will stand the test of time. Even if you're young, even if you don't have a children, if you, even if you don't have children yet, you are going to leave a legacy whether you like it or not. Whatever you're doing right now, whatever you do today is leaving a legacy, whether you choose to leave a legacy or not. So you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional about the things that you are doing, about the words that you are spreading, about the seeds that you are sowing. You do not want to leave a messy legacy for somebody else to walk in. You do not want to leave mess around that other people are dealing with for generations to come. This is your time to break it. You have to ask God to show you the things that have been your legacy or passed down from people before you so you can break it today, so you can break it right now. If you notice a trend of generational poverty, break it. If you notice a a legacy of debt that follows your family, Break it. Be the first person in your family to be debt-free. Even if you can't leave a financial inheritance to your children, you can make sure that you leave them debt-free, and that will make a difference. If obesity follows your family or diabetes follows your family, be the person to break it. If promiscuity follows your family, be the person to break it. Legacy is built right now, but experienced later. So you have to start working on it now. Do now. Plant now. You need to sow your seeds. You need to sow, sow, sow. Listen, we know when a father, when a farmer plants a seed, he doesn't expect to come back the next day to see fruit. That's not how it works. It takes time. And he doesn't just plant one seed to get one fruit. He plants multiple seeds so he can have a great harvest. So remember, like it says in 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So make sure that you are sowing, sowing, sowing. A single seed that sprouts can yield dozens of fruit. But with hundreds of seeds, a lot of seeds sown will yield thousands of fruit. When a, when a good harvest hits, after all the seeds that you have planted, you will start bumping into your favor. You will start bumping into your blessing. You will start bumping into prosperity because you have spent the time planting the seeds. You have spent the time sprinkling the seeds. Listen, when you're worshiping, you're planting a seed. When you give, you're planting a seed. When you love, you're planting a seed. When you fast, you're planting a seed. When you go out and work out, you're planting a seed. So what type of seeds are you planting? And are you being disciplined about the things that you are doing? (laughs) So you have to work on your legacy every day. It requires discipline. And some of us aren't great at discipline. I can put my hands up and say consistency sometimes doesn't work well for me because procrastination gets the best of me. And I know a lot of us struggle with procrastination. However, we can break that today too. We don't have to be 
uh, a family of procrastinators. We can be a family of people who get things done, who do the things that stick, who say, I'm going to do this today and it actually gets done. So if you still, if you notice that you're seeing the same cycles of defeat because of procrastination, you can change it now. So what is the things that you have to be disciplined in, that you have to be consistent about, that will break generational curses and leave a legacy? So a simple example of this is, like I mentioned, if there is a legacy of obesity in your family, although you may work out one day and not see the results on that one day, if you continue to work out and eat healthy, you'll start to see results. So what can you do to be disciplined? It requires you working out and eating healthy every single day. How do you become debt-free? It requires you paying off your bills as often as possible, even if it's just paying a little bit here and a little bit there, but you're doing your best to break the generational curses, to leave a legacy that will pass through you onto whoever else will be attached to you for generations to come. Don't wait till you have more time. You can start today. I heard a pastor say that your last name is bigger than your first name. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? My last name is bigger than my first name. But he said, your last name is, I mean, your first name is about you, but your last name is about us. Let me say that again. Your first name is about you, but your last name is about us. And I read a quote that says, rich people think about themselves, but wealthy people think about everyone. So there's power in your last name. And you want to know if there's power in a last name? Let me help you all. Let's just look at some of the big businesses that we know that are last names. You have McDonald's, someone's last name. You have Amber Crombie and Fitch, people's last name. Honda, Fisher Price, Rolls Royce, Harley Davidson, Prada, Gucci, Crafts, Coles, Nordstrom, even Marriott, I mean, and Gibbons Company in Bermuda. All last names. All of these names will outlast the test of time. They are making products attached to these people's last name long after they have passed away because of the legacy that that last name entails. So when you think about it, we tend to think we're buying products, but we're not buying products. We're buying somebody's last name. When we go to Harley-Davidson to pay for a bike, we're buying the name Harley-Davidson. That's why it's so expensive. When you go to Marriott to get a hotel, you're paying for the name, not the room, not the bed. You're paying for the name. When you think about a Porsche or a BMW, a car, you're paying for the name. So stop thinking that you're buying products. I want you to think that you're buying a last name. And too many times we spend so much money on other people's last names, investing in them, borrowing from them to pay for somebody else when we don't want to invest in our last name. What can you invest in? What can you do now that will make a difference in your last name for the people who will be walking around with the last name Hollis, with the last name Virtual, with the last name Winifred? What are you doing that will make a difference for the people attached to your last name long after you're gone? Long after you're gone, your name will stay. So start living for your last name. Start living for legacy. Let me tell you something. 
I still consider myself a baby. I'm 26. Even though I'm an adult, I still say I'm a baby because I've got a lot of life left to live. And although I'm not married yet or don't have any children, I'm still thinking about the legacy that I'm going to leave, to let, to leave for them. And every action I make is with the future in mind. And I have been building a legacy way before I even knew what I was doing. So let me just give you a bit of background just in case you don't know much about me. But at the age of 16, I went off to the United Nations Youth Conference as the team leader and lead debater for Bermuda. That was legacy that I'm putting in. At 17, when I became this team Bermuda, legacy. At 21, when I graduated with both my bachelor's and master's degree in law, legacy. When I went off to volunteer in, in Thailand and India, legacy. When I started my business at the age of 24 and released my first book, legacy. When I co-founded Sapphire Faith Ministry and started the Pray, Plan, Slave podcast, legacy. There are things that I have been doing that will impact generations who come after me because I am working to develop the legacy that I am leaving on the earth. I want when people to think about a woman of God who is a businesswoman and a good speaker or has her own TV show or has her own podcast, when they think of that, I want them to think of me, of my name, of my last name, of the work that I have been able to put in making sure that I'm walking in my God-given purpose. I was raised by a mother who never let me quit, whether I wanted to or not. If I signed up for it, I'm, I was going to finish it. And I was raised by a father who said to me that there is no such word as can't. So if you say you can't, that's not, it's not, that's not, you were not saying that in this house. And because of that, if you can imagine, Somebody who doesn't let me quit and somebody who doesn't let me say I can has created this person who is walking forth boldly because she can, she's never allowed to quit and she can't, she never thinks she can't do something. So she's going to push the boundary way further than my parents ever pushed it because of how they taught me and the legacy they left for me when I was just watching them, when they were just talking to me, when they were just inspiring me. So they were parents who said, I don't know if they had this discussion, but no matter what I say I'm going to do, they're just like, okay. <laughs> they never think it's too big. They never tell me to slow down. They're always supporting me. And that's great. So how can you leave a legacy of support for your children or for your parents even? Are we going forth supporting one another pushing them to always bring forth their best? What are we doing? How are we making a difference? God's grace has covered me throughout my life. And I thank God for every decision, every open door that he has allowed me to walk boldly through. And when I say now, and I know my church family has heard this multiple times, but when I say I'm a multi-billion dollar business owner, I don't say that just thinking about myself. I say that thinking about the legacy that I will leave in this earth for my children, for my last name, and for any last name that is attached to mine. I'm already thinking how I can change generations to come. I want to impact the legacy of the people that are coming through my bloodline, but I also want to, uh, I want to impact the legacy of people who just work with me. 
I don't walk around saying things like I'm a multi-billion dollar business owner just so that I can be rich and sit up by myself. No, I have been graced to walk in an anointing where I can help you get to the place where God has called you to be. I get to do that and be God's vessel in that way. And that is amazing. So it's not just about me. It's about how can you, how can I help you build up your legacy? How can I help you do something today that your great grandchildren can still live off of, can still reap the harvest of the seeds that you have planted today? So grab a hold of your legacy in this moment. Grab a hold of it. Say, today I am going to make a difference. Today I'm not going to re um, reflect on the things of the past, but I'm going to move on being intentional about what I do, intentional about what I say, intentional about how I, I, re um, I act. And I also want you to declare and decree some things. Maybe you stop right now and take a note to declare and decree some things about what your legacy will be. Or after this service, you go and you start declaring and decreeing some things around your house about what your legacy will be. You can say something like, you know what? As of today, poverty is not going to be attached to the Simons or the Flynn's last name. As of today, diabetes will no longer be attached to the, to the Simons and Flynn's last name. As of today, pick whatever you want and say what will never be attached to your last name ever again, and you walk in the power, the authority, and the calling that God has for you. I want you to remember every action you make is either perpetuating a curse in your family or breaking it. So make sure that your intentional actions are going forth and breaking generational curses, that you are paving the way for generations to come, that you are standing up with your full armor on, waiting and ready to fight the devil, that he will not have you in any specific way no longer. I don't care what your life has been before today, but why don't you pass down a legacy of worship, pass down a legacy of prayer, pass down a legacy of power and authority and integrity, pass down a legacy of diligence and compassion, pass those things down to your children. It does not matter what your life looked like before today. But guess what? God has made it so that you were here today, so that you could hear this word, so you can be more intentional on what you do going forward. Your life can change today. And when I think about it, do you think that Oprah's mom knew she was having Oprah? Do you think that uh, Barack Obama's mother knew he was she was having the next president of the United States. You don't know what's going to come out of your legacy. So make sure you're making a lasting impact that will go on for generations to come. So maybe 10, 20, 50, 100 years, you have birthed the next president or the next premier of Bermuda. Or maybe your name is now on the side of a bank because of something you did today to make sure your family was debt free and it turned into something that turned into something else. Make a difference, leave a legacy. You can do it. I believe in you, God is empowering you and he's ready to go with you on this ride. You just have to be ready with an open and willing yes to reflect on the things that have happened, to say, God, show me what's in my bloodline that I need to ship. Show me what it is that you have taxed me to change. You can do it today. You 
can do it. Yes, um, I'm just having a bit of a problem here, but I am with my Word document, but Chante is going to get that. I praise God for the, the word that Chante has delivered about leaving your legacy. I just want to uh, jump on that right now and, and, and just, you know, say a little just before we close, close on. Um, I, as has been said, as has been brought out in the interview, I was not, I did not grow up um, with my mother. Um, of course, I grew up with my mother's um, auntie, my great aunt, and um, I cannot sit here and say that mama was an exceptional Christian woman. She was Roman Catholic, yet I doubt, I doubt that she knew even what Catholicism was about. I never heard mama praying, but somehow I believe she did. She did not speak of faith, it was not that she did not have faith. I just didn't hear her speak about faith. I did not hear her talk about salvation. So I cannot sit here today and say to you that mama's foundation was built on her faith in Jesus Christ. I remember taking her um, to my church, my Pentecostal church, having left uh, Catholic. And um, at some point after that, I led her to the Lord. When the Lord took her home, she didn't leave me with the knowledge of faith. She did not leave me with a favorite sermon. She did not leave me with knowledge of salvation. She did not leave me with the knowledge of how to trust in Jesus. She left me with my name in her bank book. She left me with a piece of land. She left me with knowing how to dance to worldly music. She left me knowing how to wash and how to clean. Mama left me knowing how to cook. She taught me tough love. But ladies and gentlemen, she taught me what she knew. And I am so grateful. She did not, she did not do everything right. But the grace of God was on my life. Hallelujah. My biological mother and father have told me that they've always prayed for me. And I am glad that they pray for me. I gave my heart to the Lord at 15 years old. And praise God, somebody must have been praying for me. As a matter of fact, I sensed that it was more than just a prayer. I sensed that it was a petitioning of heaven on my behalf. And sometimes you don't know who is praying for you. Hallelujah. But I want to tell you that Jesus, hallelujah, had you on his mind all the time. And all the time, Jesus had you on his mind. Your life is not your own. After you have given your life to Jesus Christ, it is no longer your own. You have been bought with a price according to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. I am about to be a resounding symbol. The world has been waiting for me to show up. The Lord is waiting for you to come forth. This morning I say, come forth, Lazarus, come forth. Your life is not a whisper. It is a loud roar. God is calling me. God is calling you to be a tsunami. I will be a fool to give up and just be a puddle. So as I was telling you, I started attending this church in Jamaica, the Jamaica Evangelistic Association, 86E Waltham Park Road, where my bishop was the, is the 
the apostle and was the apostle Dr. V.T. William. That's where I saw miracles. I saw the mute speak. The blind got sight. Lame got out of their wheelchairs. They didn't just walk, but they run. Demons being cast out. After you have experienced God at a certain level in your life, you cannot go back to being norm. You cannot go back to being small. Playing small does not glorify God. It does not magnify his name. This is where I attended all night prayer meeting. I learned how to pray. I learned how to tarry in the Holy Ghost. Even when I was not sure what I was tarrying for, but it taught me about waiting in the presence of the Lord. I learned how to, 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 um, to, to fast from sun up to sundown with water only, not one day and two days, but seven days sometimes. This is where the prophetic started to operate in my life. And then I started to travel. Then I started to lose my way. But glory be to God, my mama would send for me to leave the Bahamas where I was living at that time to come to live with her in Bermuda. And it was there at St. Philip Amy Church that I met Pastor Birchall. I sensed that there was something about her. Hallelujah. I realized that it was the Holy Ghost. I realized that it was the same fire that I was brought up in. Hallelujah, Jesus. And after years of being disconnected through my former husband, I was reconnected to Pastor Birchall. She began to find the flames of fire in my life. The the coals that were becoming covered with ashes, hallelujah, and being smothered, dying out. They were but, praise God, she found the flames of fire that was shut up in my bones. She released me. She said, there is much in you, Molly. She said, go. She said, Molly, go. Sometimes she was in front of me saying, come on, Molly, come forth. Some days she was beside me saying, come go with me. Come up alongside me. Someday she was behind me pushing while I kick and scream. Pastor, thank you. Those were the days that we did not see eye to eye. Those were the days when you were talking oranges and all I could see is apples. Those were the days, Pastor, when you were pushing because you saw something in me. Pastor, I can recall us sitting at your kitchen table at Ramgold Hill in, in Smith Parish. My God, we used to come there as groups for prayer, for Bible study. But there were times that I don't know why, but there were times when we were just by ourselves. I could remember sitting in Derek's room as you had on the night light and you were feeding him. I was sitting at your feet, knowing the way of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm saying all that to say, even though your parents did, may not leave a legacy, God will send somebody in your life. He will send somebody in your life so you will have seeds planted. Hallelujah. Pastor, your tree has not only borne fruit, but in the fruits are remaining and it's multiplying in Shante, and you shall reap a harvest. Hallelujah. As a single Christian mother, by the age of 10 years old, I was not 
considering legacy. I was just doing what I thought I should do. I was just doing what I see the older women do. I was just doing and seeing and doing by what I saw my mentors doing. Whatever nuggets of wisdom that I will pass on to Shantae, my hope is to make a deposit in her spiritual life that cannot be depleted. My hope is the light of fire that cannot be snuffed out. Hallelujah. Praise God. Every day, our children, I enter into a spiritual battle where they encounter peer pressure, temptation, danger. In the blink of an eye, they will be adults and we may not be there to give them motherly advice. As parents, especially women who are the matriarchs of our family, we have a responsibility, hallelujah, uh, pass on our faith. The Apostle Paul mentions in 2 Timothy 1.5, he said, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. God wants us to spread his good news and we should eagerly pass on a spiritual legacy for upcoming generations. Hallelujah. We've got to preach the preach and walk out the gospel in our own house before we go abroad. We can do that by having Bible study. Incorporate Bible study in your life and in your family life. When you're studying the Bible, write notes and scriptures and pass that on to your generation. This is a great way to bond with the family through the word of God. Your children will remember this as a special time that they had with you. You could pass on your legacy by prayer. Teach your children never to underestimate the power of prayer. Try to adopt a prayer warrior's lifestyle. Allow your children to witness you praying for them, praying for others and yourself. Do not just teach them to bless the food. People do not just teach them how to bless the food. Teach them how to live and and honor the giver of the food. Keep a prayer journal of your prayers that have been answered and those that have not yet been answered so they can continue the legacy of praying the unanswered prayers. Instilling your children that prayer is the most important communication with their God and through prayer they develop sustaining relationship with Jesus Christ. Leave faith. In Ephesians 6, 16, Paul tells us to take up the shield of faith to protect us from the enemy's attack. When we pass on a legacy of faith, we teach our children to believe in the awesome power of God with confidence. Our faith will inspire them to believe that no burden is too big, that God cannot uh, handle. Hallelujah, Jesus. They will know how to call on Jesus Christ in every situation. You can create meaningful traditions. Traditions threaten the bonds of a family whilst creating meaningful culture to pass on to future generations. 
What about going to church together? This is a beautiful tradition that always brings family together, worshiping and praising God and fellowship. And so this is why I said when they ask you what you want for Mother's Day, tell them, baby girl, baby boy, why don't you come church with me? When they ask you what you want for, 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 for your your your, your um your birthday or Christmas, say, baby girl, baby boy, I want you to come to church with me. Let them be accustomed to the household of faith. Hallelujah. Other fun traditions, hallelujah, could be volunteering at church, doing something together, celebrating Christian holidays in a meaningful way of not just another day, but honoring Jesus Christ, remembering who he is to you. We as parents can become so focused on providing material things that we lose sight of what matters, which is the building their spiritual foundation, leaving a spiritual legacy. Pass on your strong reverence and faith in God to your children and your grandchildren and great-grandchildren. There is too much deposited in you. There's too much that has been deposited in me. Somebody is waiting to see the harvest of the seed that they have planted in you. The harvest of the seed that they have planted in me. Sometimes the enemy will try to get you to give up. But remember, remember that the enemy don't want you to leave anything. As a matter of fact, he does not want you and me to leave anything substantial for the next generation. But mamas, I'm here to encourage you to pull up your big girl panties and tell the enemy to go to hell. Tell the enemy to back over you. Tell him not this year. No way, no how. I made it through 2017. I made it through 2018. And thus far, I made it through COVID-19. And I am telling you like Nehemiah said in Nehemiah chapter 6, I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. Nehemiah was building a legacy when Sabalat and Geshem sent a message, a hindering message, a message to distract him. Yes, this is Mother's Day, and I'm talking to the mothers and the mothers-to-be and the spiritual mothers and the grandmothers and great-grandmothers. You ever notice, ladies, that the enemy's time is just on time. Every time that you get serious and busy doing the Lord's work. There comes Mr. Temptation trying to get you to put your sanctification on hold, wanting you to put your salvation on hold. But I said, be careful. Be careful. Let the devil know that you're busy building your legacy. You're doing God's work and you can't come down. Hallelujah, Jesus. Woman, you're incubators. You are made specially by God. Everything that has been given to you, you can multiply it. You can turn it into any something else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. So you stop playing small. And those seeds that have been deposited in you, you begin to cause them, begin to fertilize them with prayer, begin to fertilize them with, with fasting, begin to fertilize them with watering in the Holy Ghost so that you will leave a legacy, so that you 
your name. Your last name will mean something in the earth. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And those of you who may not have a good relationship with your mother or with your daughters, I say to you, crown them today. Call them up today. Say, Mama, I forgive you. I forgive myself. Can we make it right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We don't know when we're going to be withdrawn from this earth. Hallelujah. We don't know. With COVID-19, people are here this morning and they're gone this evening. You have to make up your mind that for God you live and for God you die. As Christian women, you have to find somebody to mentor. And if you're not saved, you can only know how to do it God's way by being a part of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Why don't you Lift your hands and praise God. Lift your hands and praise God. You didn't come to hear me this morning. You come to hear thus say the Lord. So I ask you to make it right with your mama. Make it right with your children. When I'm off this phone, I'm going to take food to mama and auntie. They have been the stalwart in our lives, helping me to raise this beautiful woman. I thank the Jamaican Association. Association. I thank Salters. I thank Glory Temple and St. Philip. I thank her brother because even her brother was combing her hair and giving her bath and helping with schoolwork while I was busy at the church. I thank her father and her stepmother. Everybody plays a part. It takes a village. It takes a village. Don't you think you can do it by yourself? And this is why we're failing as mothers and fathers because we don't want other people to correct our children. We don't want anybody to say anything. You say you can't do it. Well, I'm here to tell you, surprise, you may be failing because you think you could do it by yourself. God will bring people in your life, take a hold of the hem of their garment and pour out, pour out into your children so that your last name will mean something in the earth. And maybe your last name is a peculiar person. Maybe your last name is a royal priesthood. Maybe your last name is, is kingdom and, 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 and follower of Jesus Christ. Whatever your last name is, Miss Weeks, whatever your last name is, Miss Darrell, whatever your last name is, Miss Fox, Mr. Simon, whatever your last name is, hallelujah. Raymond Simon, whatever it is, make sure that is written down in the book of life. Hallelujah. Jesus, because even God is interested about legacy. He sent his only begotten son to earth that whosoever believing in him shall not perish, but they shall have eternal life. That's God's legacy. He sent his son Jesus Christ into the earth. And then when Jesus left, he said, I'm sending you the comforter. He sent another legacy. Hallelujah. What legacy are you leaving? Glory to God. What legacy are you leaving? Hallelujah. If you don't have your mother beside you or your child, after we have finished, take up a phone call. 
and say, I honor you, son. I honor you, daughter. I honor you, mama. Hallelujah. You didn't call these people to be in the earth. It is God that called them. So you just honor them. Hallelujah. You crown them by the Holy Ghost in your mind. You crown them princes and prince. And children, you crown your mama queen this morning. Hallelujah. Crown her queen. Hallelujah. Because God brought her into this universe for such a time as this. And even Shante crowned me this morning. Hallelujah. I am saying to you that you go crown your parents. Go crown your children. And if you notice, I'm crowning Shante too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm crowning her. A crown that she's familiar with, hallelujah, being Miss Teen Bermuda. But today I don't crown her as Miss Teen Bermuda. I crown her as Princess, Marlene's Princess, God's Princess, hallelujah. Glory to God. And one of these days, her children is going to crown her Queen Shantae, hallelujah. I've always called her Princess Sapphire. Today I crown her Princess Sapphire. And her children will crown her Mama, Queen Mama. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Today I want you to crown your children. I want you to crown your parents. Yesterday I was listening to the BBC News and I saw that little Richard had died. Hallelujah. He sings songs like, um, help me there, Councilman. What song did Little Richard sing? Tutti Fruity. One of these songs was Tutti Fruity. Tutti Fruity already. And as I looked at him, he had on a crown. He had on a crown, and this is where I get the idea from. And the Holy Ghost said to me, look at him. He knows who he is. He crowned himself. But I call a church that I crown a peculiar person, a peculiar people, and they will refuse to wear the crown because they said it's not all about me. They continue to hide my light under a bushel. They continue to play themselves small. When I want to expose that I'm a big God, that I'm a mighty God. So today, with no apology, I crown Shante. And even though you see her, her crown is bigger than my crown because the things that she will do will be greater. It will be more vast than the things that I'm able to do because I didn't have this in my youth. I didn't have a mother that showed me the road by faith. Uh, hallelujah, but God sent some people alongside me to hold my hands up, to push me, to pull me. And so I'm expecting greater things than that which I've done in Shante's life. So I've given her a bigger crown than me. Oftentimes when we are mentoring people, we got to mentor them to be better than us, mentor them to be bigger than us, mentor them to be greater than us. You have to be selfless. Hallelujah. So that Jesus Christ will have his way. So church, church, if you are listening, under the sound of my voice, if you are listening today,
and you need prayer about a relationship. It may be a relationship between you and God. Hallelujah. It may be a relationship between you and parents. It would be a relationship between you and your sister and your brother. Whatever relational problems, husband and wife, we can pray for you today because that's what we are here for is to build up the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So you could just show your hands if you need prayer today. And as much as I'm saying, I still need prayer. So I hold my hands up as a sign of submitting. As a sign of submitting. Will you hold your hands up? Hallelujah. Will you obey the Holy Ghost in this Zoom room today? If you need prayer, just lift your hands. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Father God, we thank you. We bless you. We give you glory and honor because it's all yours, God. We thank you, my God, that from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, you are worthy to be praised. Oh, Lord God, Lamb of God, we thank you for the legacy of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the legacy of the Holy Ghost. You said that we who are in Christ will have life and will have it more abundantly. So we thank you for the abundant life. We thank you that that abundant life will take us from everlasting to everlasting and from glory to glory. Father God, those that are on the ear that need just a little bit more strength, Lord God, I pray that you will strengthen them. I pray, God, that you will fortify them, my God. Give them a yearning desire, my God, to say your will, Lord, and not my will. Your will be done and not my will be done. Those that are unsaved, God, I pray, God, that they will They'll just bow their heads and repent. Repent, my God. And say, Lord, I've tried this way before. And I've fallen off the chariot. But Lord, I'm coming back home. Lord, I don't know you as Lord and Savior yet. But it sounds interesting. It sounds like I need to live a new life. Hallelujah. My plans haven't been working out. And it's now time that I lean on somebody greater, somebody stronger. I hear that you're a miracle worker. I hear that you're a heavy load sharer. I hear that you're a chain breaker. So I give my life over to you to do what you got to do, God, so that I'll be right before you. In Jesus' name, if you've answered this call for prayer, whether for strength, whether for salvation, you can call 297-0934, 297-0934, or after we get off air. We thank God for what he has done this morning. And for all that he has said, to God be the glory, great things he continues to do.